Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip interviews retail expert Jennifer James. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of Ask Philip. Uh, and today, we have a guest, Jennifer James. She's actually uh, a neighbor. I'm not going to tell you all where we live, but she is a neighbor in one of the best neighborhoods in the DFW marketplace, in my opinion. And also entrepreneur, mom, wife, just I, I, just everything, right? I, right, I, I said, I said, I said mom, wife, there's, there's something else that you did that I thought was pretty cool, and I just can't remember. What, like, what were you doing before you got into, like, the clothing business? I worked in IT, so I implemented electronic health record systems. I don't know if that's cool, but yeah. <laughs> technology has kind of been a, a big footprint in my life. That's what it was. You were like, were, were you, like, at one point hanging around a startup crew? Yes, I'm also currently um, very heavy in the startup okay, that's um, game, specifically Accelerator. Yeah, I'm kind of partnered with a bunch of groups here. And um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that whole scene. I work with a lot of inventors that pretty much have technology or, or products on the shelf um, that they don't really know how to commercialize. And so I just kind of have a space for where innovators meet inventors, you know, and if there's something that is exciting. Um, I'm able to package that and provide it to those innovators in the market that are looking to commercialize it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's what it was. I was like, I was like, there's something else that she did that was cool. And it was, <laughs> yeah. And it was that because I try, I try to, I tried to hang around the tech scene for a little, mm-hmm. a, a, a little bit to see what's going on. And it, 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 it's getting, it's growing relatively fast and dollars but faster than what I thought. But I was like, I can't hang out too much because I don't have any money yet. I need to. <laughs> You know, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to intertwine yourself in that in that world um, without investing. I dip my head in every now and then, just say, "Hey, yeah, I yeah. know who I am." So whenever you exit and you got all that liquid, you got the liquidity event, you know, holla at me. You yeah, know. absolutely. Uh, I, 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 am, <laughs> I am here. Let's start with because we'll get to your comp- your current company, but let's start with like, so you left IT. What made you go from IT to get into into retail and the clothing business? Right, right. You know, I just had that itch of wanting to jump out there, just like most aspiring, you know, entrepreneurs or people that are looking to kind of step out there on faith, you know, on their own. And it just kind of um, the project, the IT project I was working on just stopped. Right. So we were no longer contracted and needed. And so to me, that was a window of opportunity to jump. And so I just felt like that was, you know, God was really opening up an opportunity for me to go ahead with no excuses to go ahead and go out there. And so retail, right? So if, because you had like a clothing line and everything. So how do you like, how do you even do that? How do you start a clothing line? Well, I started it based on a problem that I was having. I was plus size, heavy in the plus size, um, as size myself. And I noticed that there were not a lot of tangible options for plus size apparel, specifically in the activewear athleisure, as you all know it today, space. And really athleisure is just the activewear components as in, in terms of the textiles being made into the everyday look of clothing, you know, now. And so there wasn't a lot of op- options there. And so I just, as a hobby, 
um, just started kind of creating my own things. I started off with kind of sports bras and then leggings, and then I started wearing it out. And people will be like, "Where'd you get that?" Or you know, say, but, but, how, who but, but, did that? But how, but how do you and create so, it? Wait, wait, you, you're going too fast. How, how do you like create it? Do you like you you sold it? I don't know. Cause I'm I'm completely ignorant uh, to how you make clothes. <laughs> you want me to back back it all the way up? Yeah. So basically. I would sketch it and then I would go to like a freelancer to see if they could look at the sketch to kind of create a design, a true design from it. And then from there, I would um, work with them to actually create a technical pack, um, which is used in fashion to kind of instruct any sewers or production houses on how to sew the garments. And um, find I found a local production or a local sewer to actually sew it, just kind of like a one sample deal. Mm. Um, my fabric I got from Joanne's fabric at the time, just kind of going in there, getting different, you know, fabrics to use to actually create, you know, the actual apparel product I wanted. Okay. And this is, this is a side note question. I know we're going to keep on going, but like, do, do you see in the future, like everybody being able to create their own clothes? Cause I'm, I'm looking at it sometimes and I'm like, man, I love Adidas, but this would be a even, even better, like ass Phillips sweater, you know? Or Stonehill Wealth it's Manager. funny that you ask me that. Um, in the future, what I see for products are is um, product personalization. Mm-hmm. I see brands and retailers uh, personalizing products for their customers and enhancing the customer experience as it relates to actual brands that, that they be. actually wear and use. That's funny you say that because I was literally I, I was on the Adidas website going, "Hey, can I customize some shoes?" Because they didn't they didn't have the ones I want, and I was like, "What if I can like customize it and do this?" I would so pay more, but I didn't see how to do it. Maybe you know how to. Maybe there is a way to do it. And I don't know. <laughs> but, so the, yes, the, I, I definitely think that's where the future of retail is going, especially as it relates to like beauty and you know cosmetics and apparel products for sure. Okay, so 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 you started. So we're at the point where your friends saw your your gear and they were like, "Oh yeah, where'd you get that?" Right, and they're like, "Where'd you get that?" And I'm like, "Oh, I was just kind of you know messing around, just something I did on my spare time." Um, and so when the opportunity came for me to kind of step out there, I had a little bit of a confidence, knowing, "Okay, maybe I can do this." Right, I, I didn't really have a focus group you know, necessarily. But one person was enough for me to give me an opportunity to say yes. So I just use that as a as a as a start to my business. Okay. And so now you're consulting and helping other businesses launch their products into retail. Like, so, so how does that process? Because let me let me kind of give you my thought process as an ignorant person outside, and then we can kind of fill it in, right? Sure. So, So I'm thinking now, like nowadays, yeah, you can still go into retail, but I'm like, first of all, why would you want to go into retail and give them margins if you can go direct to consumer, right? And you could build brand um, yourself. So A, am I, I think I'm right in that thought process, but B, if people are still going uh, to um, retailers, like why? Well, one, it's not easy. It is definitely not easy launching a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as easy as you think as going direct to consumer. Um, there is a lot of logic behind that. There's a lot of assigned behind the scenes that happens with that. When you think about most brands, mm-hmm. you know, most brands don't even have the funding to to really reach the capacity to even market to the right consumer base. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people feel like, let me jump on Facebook or let me jump on Instagram, use that platform to tell everybody about it. Typically, most of my buyers initially, at least with my brand, mm-hmm. were not those people on those platforms. Mm. <laughs> you know, friends and family may buy um, just out of support, 
but really the 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 segment that you need to talk to, it, it's going to take some technique to get to those, you know. And so, yes, the retail market as it relates to in-person stores um, has ceased a bit. But retailers still have products, whether you buy e-commerce or choose to go in the store, there's still products to be bought. So I guess I kind of answer both of those questions a little bit to me. Let me ask one more. Cause I think I think this is I made an assumption in my head and I'm glad you answered that way because it it helped me think out that assumption. So so he, here's my assumption of retail and restaurant. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I get a lot of people who say I want to own a restaurant. Or I want to sell T-shirts. And I was like, that's a volume business. I was like, meaning you need to go, if you're going to do it, get a financial partner that has unlimited resources and then go into the business. If, if you want to do a restaurant or retail and you don't have money behind you, don't do it. Like, it's a, it's a terrible business from a business standpoint if you don't have money behind you. And, and so I'm assuming the, the going to uh, retail, they kind of they kind of help you, um, not with the money, but, you know, if, if you don't have the money, it may be a better option for you. It's kind of interesting because it depends on how you look at it. It can be, but really retailers, if you don't have the funding, it's hard to go to retailers because they, they pay out typically, you know, 30 to 60 days after the goods are delivered. So you're going to have to have the money on the front end, not only to produce or, you know, produce the products, but to, to wait, it's almost a waiting game, you know, to um, be able to receive those funds. And so if you're getting the right um, orders from retailers, and you're getting them simultaneously with other orders. Mm-hmm. I think the cash flow looks a little different, but a lot of times it's not what people think. You know, I'm in, you know, one of my first retailers was Neiman Marcus. Mm. So excited. I'm in Neiman Marcus. I got my first purchase order. You know, this is great. Um, but one of the things that you have to realize is that you have to make all of those products on the front end with hopes of you packaging up and labeling these products the right, the right way to these retailers for them not to deduct monies off of your purchase order because there's a lot of times when you're you know shipping things to these retailers if they're not shipped there on time or if anything is missing or anything mislabeled they actually deduct from that purchase order a final number and sometimes you can come up shorter than what you anticipated and then the other flip side to that is they have 30 to 60 days sometimes even 90 days to pay you after the goods are actually delivered you know, so and, and, it's, and, and it's, I bet um, and I bet those terms are getting more strict too. Right? A, it takes a technique there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because because yeah, because they're they're get they're getting squeezed. Um, so I, I bet they're getting even more strict. All right, so I, oh, yeah. I I know I went on a tangent, but I you know um you know I'm I'm probably at some point when the market t- mm-hmm. downturns, I'm a short retail stocks because I just think unless you're Adidas, Nike, who can go direct to consumer and improve margins. You know, if, right. if you if you're reselling somebody else's product right now, um, you know, so so I'm thinking of like Nordstrom's or um, any of the other clothing, Old Navy. Uh, Old Navy is relatively safe, but these other companies who are selling other products, I'm like, you're vulnerable because the if you don't have brand, you know, what I'm saying if I'm Adidas, I don't need to sell anywhere else because I have strong brand, uh, and if you do sell my stuff. You're gonna give me like the best terms. Like you're just, uh, you're selling my stuff, not making money, just to get people in the store so you can sell other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm so curious on it. So you're helping me. So let's, <laughs> so, let's so let's talk about yeah. it. So 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 what so what do you help companies do in the, in with the consulting company? Sure. So most of the clients that I serve um, 
are putting actually apparel and a lot of um, other types of um, products in the market. It's not just apparel that I work with. I work with people that um, are putting wearable technologies out in the market with other brands. Um, I work with clients to license products that they have with other brands so that they can put that under their wheelhouse. And you talk about Adidas and how they have a strong presence in the market. Well, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that don't even want you to know that it's them. Mm. They just like creating and just very innovative, right? So they like creating products um, that they like to pitch to these big brands for them to carry the name and logo on it. That's called the white labeling business, oh, right? Nice. There's a lot of apparel. Um, I actually uh, produced apparel for the WNBA at one point. And you would never know it was me and when you're going in that merchandise store buying these shirts because they have their name and logo on it, right? But what's behind the scenes is the people that are actually making it that are selling it to these brands for them to put it in their colors and logo. So I work with a lot of clients that do that. And so from a product perspective, it's been very beneficial, especially now through this pandemic, because it's not so much brand focus as it is the product. Got it. Um, now, that, now, that, now that's a good product, business, right? A good price point that allows them to make the margins, um, then you're, you're really safe because they're going to sell products. And that's as a brand, that is their job to do that. And that's a pretty good business, right? Because that's, you know, you think about the music business, the 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 people who write Beyonce songs make a whole lot more money than most other singers, right? And you get that money up front. Absolutely. Maybe some trails depending on what because, you work out. Yeah, there's a long play there. There's a, there's a way you can attach yourself to those contracts to wherever they sell, how often, you know, you're, you're going to be, you know, embedded to that. That's like a huge industry now, right? Because kind of what I just said, you know, the vulnerable are the no brand established retailers who don't have a strong brand, like they're vulnerable, the strong brand are going to win. And so the people that were trying to go through retail, they can kind of shift gears and just say, Hey, I want to create for the strong brand because they're looking for it. Right. I mean, absolutely. You're either going to be a brand or you're going to be a retailer. I tell people all the time, target is target because of target, not because of the brands that are in target. Mm -hmm. right. You know, they're not trying to sell. They're not trying to be a product seller. They are representing brands. Right. And so I learned early on the difference between the two and where I wanted to lie. You know, and I felt like products can I can make the same product for Target as I do Walmart, as I do for Old Navy. And none of the three would know it because you can make tweaks in it. And then the fabric content, there's so many ways you can switch it up, but not even switch up the style. Mm. You know, so um, it's a lot more beneficial of, of driving and being more owning the product more than just trying to be just a brand. How does one even start to get into that, to that business? So let's, let's say, all right, I got some great ideas for some whatever headphones, headsets, wearables yeah. stuff. Like, do I just get a design, like kind of go through the process you went through, start writing up some stuff, get somebody to do it, get somebody to make it. Then I package it up and go pitch it to them. You, you could, I mean, really and truly the best way to start that process, if you have a product and you feel like it will be valuable in the market is really to do the market research. Right. Okay. And, and from that, you could start from scratch with making headphones, if you like, um, just kind of finding manufacturers or that already have components, these parts to the headphones, or there's a lot of wholesalers out there that have headphones that are already intact and that you could purchase in bulk and just include your, your label um, and logo on them as if they're, they're yours, right? So there's, there's two different avenues you can kind of go about doing that. Um, but mostly people that are looking to create hardware of that sort, they're actually uh, building that from scratch. And, and, so, and so that is um, working with local manu with manufacturers in general. 
And, and so I'm assuming that's that's that that's where you would come in. Somebody says, I have an idea, and I don't know what. There's all these routes I can go. I don't know what's the best route for me. Then you would kind of say, all right, let's talk about like, let's talk about it and flesh it out. And then you kind of help guide them down the path that's best for what they want to do. Absolutely. I have um, um, amazing relationships and manufacturers across the globe and locally here and um, overseas. So depending on what the product is, that can definitely that's what my team and I do. We do. We, 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 we talk to people that have ideas all the time. Right. And the ones that we think would be the ones that we're the most confident about, we kind of take it a step further based on our network. And then ultimately, yes, with those introductions to our network specifically in the wholesale and manufacturing um, group that we're able to help these clients um, bring their ideas to fruition. Are are, pe- are people still manufacturing in China or over there? Or is it kind of moving? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. There's um, India, China. Um, it's a whole bunch of, uh, I could list a whole bunch. Absolutely. There are some amazing um, production houses and manufacturing houses um, out that way that we still use. And those are basically for our clients that are in the high volume game bulk, right? It doesn't really do you much good right. if you're not, if you're, you know, the volume is not there, but yes, absolutely. Basically saying they're selling the cheap stuff. <laughs> the one selling the cheap stuff. I mean, you want the volume to be there so you can actually see a difference, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but yes, absolutely. It has not stopped at all, Philip. Okay. Not at all. Do you see it stopping? Like do you do you think with everything with us fighting China that it that it might stop or no? You you just kinda of, there, there's rhetoric and then there's what's actually happening, right? And people are look on look on the back of your shirts, your pants, your socks. They <laughs> see where it's made in. I mm. mean, there's no way. I don't I mean there's a lot of my own reasons that I won't even get into mm-hmm. um, based on industry knowledge that I know. But okay. and, and if it slows down, it may slow down. But I have not seen um, too efficient, too efficient. And it, it's, it's just I don't see it slowing down. So And, and, and so that and so the, just it's kind of like, um, you know, if you have Silicon Valley, it's, it's hard to replace it because. It's, they're efficient at doing what they do. Because I always wonder, why don't we just go to Mexico? Labor's relatively cheap, but it's, they don't have the know-how. Is that is that? Um, it depends on what you're trying to construct, right? Okay. I I have partners there too. Um, it's it's um it's it's all about the construction of how it's sewn, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. and if it can meet the qualifications. And there's nothing wrong with getting it sewn there at all. It's almost just kind of your preference, depending on. There's a lot of clients that I have that, especially when they have a huge collection of some sort they are spreading out the production order it's not all made at one place mm. and, and um, you, it's, a, it's a network of places so it doesn't have to be just you know y'all have these 10 styles it's only this you know production house that does it typically that's not how mm. a business is conducted because if if something shuts down or something happens it ruins your entire order instead of one or two pieces of your order got it got it and it's another trend too like i i, I was looking for my wife's Christmas present, which I'm still looking for. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know what? Let me go to Ivy Park and get her some Ivy Park gear. And everything yep. was sold out. I was like, this yeah. was genius move. Like you just, you get, you, you know, you sign somebody with brand, right? And you have a brand and that's just cash. Like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think a bunch of influencers and famous people are going to start partnering with these brands too, right? And starts, cause it's just, I mean, I, what, what, uh, Kanye started it, right? Did, wasn't he kind of the first one to. He was kind of the one to trailblaze. You really need a strong brand to even, um, 
get the kind of publicity like Ivy Park and, and Beyonce have. I think that's kind of like a no-brainer, right? I think anything she puts her hands on, you know, you can kind of guarantee it to be successful. Um, so, yeah, I think the sellout is amazing. Um, and there's, I mean, I, I, I'm just not surprised. I think, um, you know, the Kardashians do a great job they do, they of, do. of selling out uh, within an hour or maybe two hours of their things launching and get this online only. So it's, um, you know, I've seen some great brands that sell out and that do really well that are e-commerce only focused. And I've seen it in store and e-commerce and I've seen just in store. So, you know, you just kind of have to, um, you know, you just have to have that good influence in the market in general. And I think once you have established that and it's strong, then anything you put out will be, um, will be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anything else you think is interesting to know about about the the retail industry? If you want to invent something, design something, because I'm 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 pretty green. I mean, I I do have my big macro views, which I think are really really right, you know. But then the right. details, I don't I don't I don't know the details at all. Yeah, I mean, I would just say um, again, although I was apparel focused initially, I wasn't limited to just apparel. Okay. You know, products is the name of the game. Products are not going anywhere. Products may be getting cheaper. But people are still buying products. So it is a evolving um, industry, as you can tell. I mean, even as you can see with this pandemic, they're still changing. You know, people don't really know where retail could go. Has it went up, slowed down? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, online sales have gone up tremendously. Mm-hmm. Products are still being sold. People are just not going in the stores to buy them. And so one thing I would tell people all the time is, you know, 2020 has allowed people to see specifically in the retail space you need more than one channel to be able to not only market your product, but to actually get your product out there. You know, it's not the product that's the problem. It's how it's to treat strategic initiatives <laughs> that are not being really thought out and planned enough to really get hit every segment, you know, every market. I've seen businesses evolve, you know, during the 2020, I've seen them dissolve, <laughs> you know, and it's really all about, being able to shift gears and find other ways, multiple channels at which you can actually distribute your products because people are still buying, including mm-hmm. myself. I can't even tell you how many products on Amazon um, I've bought over the last week and a half because Christmas is here, you yeah. know? And so just getting the product, um, switching, you know, I've seen companies switch to subscription-based models just so they can sell more than one product and get more of a customer retention, you know, through their products, you know? So I, um, I've, I've seen a lot of good positive things. And so I do not believe products are leaving. I know people, the people talk about retail leaving and going away, but the reality of it is that even if they shut down all their buildings, they can still sell products online. Yeah. And, and so I, they're not, they're going to be, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a business. It may be, they, they may be able to have less stores. That's yeah. fine, but it's not going to stop people from buying. Well, that, Please understand it's, it's providing more of a convenience for people to buy online and safer, but I, I just feel like we're going to go back to normal even after everything from this pandemic settles down. And obviously there's vaccines mm-hmm. where uh, we as a society, I don't think we're disciplined enough to, uh, to not just, go back to normal. And so I would be very interested in having this same conversation with you a year from now. Yeah. Well, no, um, I think uh, you would be interested. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> I, and you may not be taking what I'm saying as negative on retail. Like people are going to buy forever. Yeah. What, what, you know, and when when I say for those who might not care if I when I say I'm a short retail, I think they're gonna lose a lot of money because, like you said, they they 
they have to get smaller stores. You know what I'm saying? They they the the, <laughs> the ones with no brand are gonna lose money. Like that's just a that's just you know going to happen. And and the ones that are early on buying uh, mm-hmm. in a new distribution way are gonna win. Like the the Amazon, the businesses that yep. build off Shopify. Right. The the, yep. the people don't realize the Facebook Libra pray, you know, they're like, oh, they have a cryptocurrency. They haven't thought why, Be, you know, because it's kind of like if you go to Chuck E. Cheese. Right. I, I got like probably a hundred dollars on token on Chuck E. Cheese token cards in my uh, drawer somewhere, because if you want to go into Chuck E. Cheese, you got to give them money and you got to spend their money to buy their stuff. That's what Facebook is doing. They're like. Hey, if you want to run ads on our platform, you got to convert your money to this. So then now, ha ha ha, you got to use all uh, that money. I mean, you, you can you yep. can convert it and do that, but I mean, that's that's the play. Every business is going to have a token. Just like not, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, websites are for nerds in 2000." And everybody has a website. They're like, "Oh, these businesses are creating tokens." No, everybody's doing cuz that cuz they understand that if you're um just like with a country, there's more um, if, if a country can get their currency in trading in more countries' hands, they become the dominant power. That's what companies are going to do. So every, you know, so I'm, I'm with you. Like it's, 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 uh, and it's, it's all going digital. And if you don't have a good digital game, you're going to be hurt. I don't think it's going away from in person. I, I like in person. Like I love going to Best Buy, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> like Best Best Buy and furniture um, are the two things I'm not fully comfortable buying online yet like electronics and furniture right i'm sure okay. that'll cha- i'm okay. sure i'm sure that'll change that. i'm sure that'll change in the future but uh, it's uh, funny that you mentioned furniture specifically because i think that's going to be changing yeah I, no i'm I, i'm with you i think it will nebraska furniture mart's like a, a disneyland for uh for my wife <laughs> love that store oh my gosh i was just there last week <laughs> even just walking around i just you know, I love it. Yeah, that's 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 one exception to the rule. Like this place is it's like a mall. It's like it's about the size of a mall, <laughs> but it's like the whole it furniture is. store. The whole thing is amazing. I could buy just about everything in there if I could. Oh man, I get I get I I yeah, it's stressful for me. Every time we go, I'm like tense. I'm just like ah, <laughs> please. <laughs> anyway, but no, um, yeah, we we definitely want I definitely want to have a um recurring because. The, yeah, the 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 retail details are are good, and you and you have a pulse on 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 what's going on. I think we are going to see a lot of change in the next twelve months or so. Sure. So, um, well, let her, if anybody's interested, so so and give everybody an idea of because I, I don't want to uh, generalize it, but if anybody wants to sell any kind of product, they can come to you, right? Like, yeah, if you if you're interested and you have something, um, I'm actually on a platform called Bid to Talk. Okay. And so what it is, is, um, you know, I'm into technology and it's one of those startup uh, groups that are doing really well. Um, it's a marketing platform, but um, through Bid to Talk, you're able to kind of schedule a, a one-on-one with me. Or if you have any just kind of questions, there's a couple topics I cover and you'll see on my profile. If you have a business idea and you want to see if it's time to start a business, in your opinion, as it relates to products, you could talk to me about that. Or if you just kind of just wanted to kind of basically understand what the entrepreneurship journey is for all my aspiring entrepreneurs or just how to get into products and, and uh, understanding, you know, sourcing products and manufacturers. You can talk to me there at bid to talk.com backslash Jennifer James. And I'm happy to kind of schedule time to, to do that with you. Um, I think asking questions, having sounding boards and just doing a lot of research is very important. Um, and I enjoy everything about that. I work a lot with startups in general. 
Um, and to learn more about some of the brands I've worked with, you can actually go to um, my main website, which is www.strategyhouse. And that's house without the E at the end.com um, to kind of look at some of the things and some of the categories my team and I cover. But I'm always excited to talk to, you know, entrepreneurs or aspiring business owners. Um, I think it's a great thing. Um, I work with a lot of nonprofit groups to do that um, and to kind of help them be on that platform specifically for people of color. Um, I do have a very high interest in helping uh, people of color navigate um, specifically in the retail space, because I don't know if a lot of you all know, but in retail right now, we have 3% of leadership are people of color. Mm, that's crazy. We, we buy so 3% much. 3% are leaders. And when I'm talking about leaders, I'm talking about decision makers. I'm talking about uh, not managers of a store. I'm talking about really on the merchandising side, having that seat at the table to provide our perspective and influence. But yet, you know, uh, people of color are buying at least a trillion dollars a year in products and services. So I have a huge passion with helping that, that uh, fill that gap. And I'm also a part of a group that I'm excited about called diversify retail. And our whole focus is being able to educate the underprivileged and people of color um, on the retail business. And that includes licensing products, construction. I'm talking about leader constructing garments, I should say. I'm talking about leadership roles that could really help elevate a lot of these brands and put our face and seat at the table on making these decisions on how a lot of these brands will see themselves in the near future. You, you know what? It's interesting you say that, and I know this is the end, and we're going to probably have to have a whole other episode on this. But w- would you say the biggest barrier to entry for, for our community in retail is, is just money, right? It's not, we don't have lack of inventiveness or whatever. It's, it's the same as restaurants, right? You know, people, somebody think, I can cook, I can get a restaurant. No, nah, man, you need money. You know, same with retail. What you right? need is the business sense. The business sense. And okay. a lot of, and we definitely have to have another episode because I get so passionate, Philip, about this because it's not fair. A lot of the things that we, we have to do to even try to get funding, but the reality of it is, is about the presence. It's mm. the perception. And when you talk about funding, uh, we don't have, a lot of times we don't have the resources, resources and tools early on to even know how we can work our way to up to get that. Right. I talk a lot to a lot of high school students and they're like, yeah, we want to start our business. And they are the generation of entrepreneurs. I'm telling you that now. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you just can't make a t-shirt and put it online and think it's going to sell. Right. Right. A, a lot of the experience does come from actually having these interns and having these mentors and understanding, you know, what this business is. A lot of people just want to jump out and do business and don't understand the business because they don't have the experience, not because they can't, Right. you know? And so um, my focus, um, although entrepreneurs are jumping out there making a business, it sometimes it goes in some well and sometimes it doesn't. But just as a whole, when you look at retail, we're not visible there mm-hmm. unless you we're a clerk or we're, you know, we may be a manager of a store, but we're not making an impact in leadership roles to help driving the brand at all. But yet they want to cater, they're, they're thinking they're catering products to our market and we're actually still buying, right? I mean, we have an influence on our, yeah. on our, on our dollar, but not with the products and how they diversify their products and leadership at the stores and within their brands. Yeah. And that's the gap that I would love 
and that I'm currently working on trying to feel is educating our people on retail in general. Doesn't matter what the product is, it's about the retail industry because there's a huge gap there. Hmm. And it's and 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 you know, me being able to work with local community colleges starting out with that have programs that are geared towards retail management has been um huge. And I don't know if um I announced that already, but I'm also an, a professor at TCU for spring of 2021. Okay. I'm really excited awesome. about, you know, teaching strategic management and what that looks like, um, not only in the space of business, but hopefully being able to touch on the retail space as well. So I'm just in a place where I really want to not only, you know, professionally do well, obviously it's been really great there, but I want to make an impact in being able to um, help this space with with people that I relate to most, and that's people of color. That's awesome. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm waiting for the black stitch fix to come through. I tried to I, I looked at stitch fix and I was like, mm, these clothes ain't built for us. We need like a black stitch fix. Sti- <laughs> however you say the word. Let me know. Let me We're know. We're not getting I'm, any. I can tell you, people in general are not getting any smaller, and that's globally. So I yeah. think you're. I think you may be on to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, have a um, have a good one. Thank you for coming to share. And uh, this you're episode welcome. will be out later on today. I'll shoot you the 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 link when it's ready. I'm excited, and I hope you invite me back. I think we could cover a lot of topics here. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I definitely will. Awesome. Well, right. thank you so much, Philip. Thanks for thanks for coming. Have a good one. Those of you who haven't been there, my website, go to stonehillwealthmanagement.com. Click on the 401k tab. We got a Stonehill 401k service that you've probably heard about. It's great for businesses that are small businesses, businesses between zero and maybe 150 employees. Uh, We provide love and service to the employees about how to plan and invest for retirement and a whole host of other uh, benefits that we give. It's all on the site. Check it out, stonehill401k.com. We create startup plans and help with selecting the investments and educating and advising our clients on how to invest and how to best reach their retirement goals. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.